You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 73. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Our Take segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week, in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a look at Namesys, Inc., symbol CTZ on the TSX, which offers software solutions for currency management and processing for the banking and merchant industries, principally in North America. A listener asks us our take on this profitable microcap stock. Our star of the week is Silvercorp Metals, Inc., symbol SVM on the TSX, Primarily a silver-producing mining company engaged in the acquisition, exploration, development, and mining of precious and base metals in China. The stock is up 9% this week, 16.5% in the last month, and 20% year-to-date. We let you know what is driving the move and whether it is sustainable. Finally, our dog of the week is Two Cows, Inc., symbol TC on the TSX, which provides internet domain services and network access. Its domain services make up the bulk of the company's revenues. The stock was a TSX under-the-radar star for years, but premium valuations, a recent weak quarter, and lower guidance have conspired to drop the stock nearly 50% in the last three months. Is it a dog or an opportunity? We're going to let you know this week. We have a fairly brief show for you. We're going to get right into it. No discussion at the start this week. Uh, We have our Your Stock, Our Take segment. First, I'm going to welcome my co-hosts here. I've got two co-hosts again this week. I got Aaron Dunn and I got Brennan Habetler. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm good. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing very well. Busy, as always, trying to put together a couple new reports, which is good. I'm sure our clients are waiting eagerly for that. And... uh, Working on a breakthrough report right now, are you not? I think we talked about this on a... Yeah, breakthrough turnaround report. We talked about this uh, last week. And yeah, it's, you know, some unique companies that come out of our, our research when we look at, we do full sweep twice a year of all TSX and TSX venture listed companies. Uh, some companies that, you know, have great solid potential to either break through into continued stronger profitability or they're turning around. They were profitable in the past and they uh, are turning around operations into significant profitability and they may be slightly mispriced at present based on some past maybe indiscretions in the market, you might say. So um, let's, let's break, move right into our Your Stock, Our Take segment. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock. In a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. Uh, I'm going to let Aaron take this, but a question comes in from Elena from Oshawa. She emailed in the question. She says, I know 
namesis is small, but the company is profitable and seems to be growing. I recently hit new highs. I'd like your thoughts on the the company, this profitable little microcap, Aaron. Certainly, I can take this. Uh, so, namesis Inc. symbol CTZ on the TSX exchange, and it is a small company. Share price of eighty six cents. Market cap of twenty three point five million. So, this is a this is a microcap company. Uh, very small name. So what do they do? They're, uh, they're engaged in the development and production of currency inventory management and control systems. And they work with clients in the uh, financial services industry, financial institutions, retailers, currency carriers, uh, casinos, and mass transit operators. Uh, they generate revenue uh, from software licenses, system management fees, and other income as well. And they principally operate in North America. So Namesys has had an excellent run over the past 12 months, up 39%, up 10% over the last month. So this is right up close to record levels. They did briefly hit uh, 89 cents per share, which was their their all-time high in August of 2017. Now, what's been driving the company recently is, is the financial performance. So very, very strong uh, quarterly performance. The Q2 results were issued on April 30th. Uh, revenue was a million dollars increase of 29% over the, over the previous year. Um, adjusted EBITDA earnings before interest taxes, depreciation and amortization was 510,000, which was up 40% year over year. And the company did post a profitable uh, net profit, adjusted net income grew to 432,000, which was up about 5% year over year. So um, good financial results, certainly on the the revenue and the EBITDA lines. Um, We would like to see a little more growth on on the adjusted net income line. But right now the company is trading at about 17 times adjusted earnings. And it's also a cash uh, cash rich company, so they have net cash of about three point nine million dollars, which is more or less equivalent to 20 percent of the market capitalization. We'd love to see a balance sheet with net cash, particularly with a small company like this, because with some of these smaller names, if they if they start ratcheting up the debt, it can really it can really slow down their growth um, if they have interest payments to. Um, to service and as well, uh, it, it just increases the risk. So essentially, no debt for Namesys and a nice net cash balance for the company. Uh, the company does seem to to be focusing on developing its recurring revenue sales, uh, which is something that we like to see. Uh, recurring revenue right now accounts for about 80 percent of total revenue, and it's just it's the recurring revenue is just um, companies that focus on recurring revenues and that SaaS. Uh, software as a service model, they just tend to be uh, less volatile businesses. We like to see some visibility in in the revenue streams, as opposed to just doing a single sale license. You 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 sell your license to uh, to a uh, your software license to a client. That's good for a year, two, three years, and then you have to resell them down the road. It's nice just to get that recurring uh, royalty from your client and not have to resell them all the time. Just provide them with a great great product. Uh, the, the current valuation multiples, I think, are, are reasonable given the growth in revenue and EBITDA and the balance sheet as well, giving that nice, given that nice net cash position. Um, overall, I think that the company looks good for a, for a, a micro cap name. It does have promising growth. It'll be interesting to see how the company decides to deploy its cash balance. We'd like to see it invest that money to, to generate more growth or potentially do acquisitions. But as far as, as, far as small 
microcap companies go. It's definitely an interesting name um, and something we'll be keeping a close eye on. Yeah, and I think it's a great summary. I, you pointed out that they are cash rich. They are actually highlighted as a company to watch in a couple of our recent uh, small cap cash rich reports. We noted uh, we noted the SaaS model that we uh, really appreciated and liked the company moving in that direction, and it has certainly done that. It is very small. What really had kind of prevented a recommendation on the company, a full recommendation, would be the, the, the size. I just crested with 30% growth in the quarter, just crested a million in quarterly revenue. So, you know, even if you annualize that, the entire revenue for a year would be $4 million on this company. So very small, definitely profitable, which is great to see. And, and like Aaron said, you know, the valuations are relatively reasonable, probably trading at or around fair value. But if it continues to grow revenues at 30% and, you know, adjusted EBITDA at 40%, although net income just grew at 5% in the quarter. But if it pushes up that level, you know, to the 20, 30% range, uh, it actually has uh, potential for growth. And if it does deploy that ca- cash just under uh, $4 million in cash in the bank, you know, there's a potential for an accretive acquisition or to grow, certainly to be able to invest in R&D and grow its existing product uh, line right now. So it's a company to watch, smaller, but definitely uh, doing a lot of the right things in terms of profitability and growing the business. So nice to see. Uh, we're going to move on to our weekly star from our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's Star. Star. The star of the week is Silver Corp Metals Inc., symbol SVM on the TSX. I'm going to let Brennan take that away. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, so again, uh, the weekly star is Silver Corp Metals Inc., ticker symbol SVM on the TSX, currently trading at a price of $3.44 and has a dividend yield of just under 1% and a market cap of around $554 million. So how has the stock been performing as of recent? The stock was up 9% this week, uh, 16% or 16.5% in the last month, and is up 20% year to date. Uh, but I do want to say since 2018, the stock has been range trading between $2.50 and $4. So it is finally just beginning to test the upper band of this range. So Silver Corp. Uh, Metals Inc. is a silver producing Canadian mining company. They are engaged in the acquisition, exploration, development, and mining of precious and base metal mineral properties in China. Uh, The company is the primary silver producer in China through the operation of over four silver lead zinc mines. Uh, And now I just want to break down its revenue by commodity here for you on the last quarter. Um, The sale of silver contributed to just under 50% of sales. Gold contributed to about 2% of sales, and together lead and zinc represented 50% of total sales. Now, what is driving the stock? Looking at the price of commodities that it sells on a year-to-date basis, silver was relatively flat, gold was up substantially around 10%, while zinc and lead were both up around 2%. So, Taking these into consideration, it doesn't appear to be a commodity move that is driving the stock higher. Um, And now the company also released its most recent quarterly results in May of 2014. And again, nothing of real significance stood out in the company's performance uh, that should be pushing the stock higher. 
So now looking deeper into these financial results, uh, this is for quarter three of 2019 for the period end March 31st of 2019. Revenue decreased to 34.95 million compared to 38.45 million, down 9% over the same quarter last year. Net income increased to 15.94 million compared to 14.71 million, up 8.36%. EBITDA decreased to 20.94 million compared to 24.06 million, down around 13% compared to last year. So looking at the company's fundamentals, the company does trade at a trailing 12-month enterprise value to EBITDA ratio of around 4.7 times and has a price-to-earnings ratio of around 11.23. So both of these ratios are reasonable, except that the company hasn't been able to produce much growth uh, recently. And due to solely operating in China, the company does have a high degree of risk, uh, which is something to definitely note here. Looking at the company's balance sheet, uh, it does appear pretty strong. Uh, They have little debt and a large net cash position of around 63 million, which is approximately 10% of the company's market capitalization. Uh, So again, here at Keystone, we would say that this is essentially a cash-rich company or just on the edge of a cash-rich company. So again, let's get back to this. What is pushing the stock higher? Uh, With a lack of news and growth, it might be the company's decent fundamentals, uh, along with a strong balance sheet, or it could also be uh, investor optimism surrounding precious metals that is contributing to the stock's run. Um, And and really, this is only gold that's been up uh, substantially, and it is such a small uh, percentage of revenue that it really shouldn't be moving the stock here. Now, I do need to say that this isn't a stock uh, that we would recommend to Keystone clients at this time, just again due to the lack of growth and the additional risk the company is exposed to by operating within China. So nevertheless, uh, it's moved this week and past months make it our star of the week. Yeah, that's that's a good summary. Uh, Definitely, it's a company that had made it into our cash rich report, and I think our conclusions were relatively similar. Uh, we like the balance sheet. Uh, the business itself just hasn't been growing for years. Uh, you saw revenue decline actually in the last quarter around 9.1%. Profitability was up slightly. And I think some of the optimism, like you said, may come from there's some optimism in the metals market generally right now with the price of gold moving higher. And many people believe silver will trade uh, with gold over time. Um, you know, for us, you know, the exposure to China, the lack of growth in the existing business really uh, make this company uh, just something that we wouldn't consider for our clients at this stage. But, uh, you know, it's moved and the share price, yeah, like you said, provide it or give it a star rating for the week for us. I'm going to move on to our weekly dog. From our stars and dog segment, it's time for this week's dog. <laughs> It would be Two Cows, Inc., symbol TC on the TSX, currently trading just under $65, has a market cap of $690 million in that range. Let's look at the performance. In the past uh, last week, it's down 20% alone and down 46% in the last three months. So what does Two Cows do? 
The company's services are basically in two segments in the technology sector, domain services and network access. The domain services make up the bulk of the company's revenues through the registration fees charged to its resellers in connection with new, renewed, and transferred domain name registrations, the sale of retail internet domain name registration, and email services. The network access services deal with the retail side, mobile phone business, broadband services, internet hosting, and consulting through the company's Ting website in the United States. Now, what is driving the stock? Primarily, it it started with poor Q1 2019 results. Uh, Revenues were down 18% to $79 million from $95.8 million. Net income was down 25%. To 28 or 2.8 million from 3.7 million in the same period last year. Adjusted EBITDA was down uh, less, but down 9% in the quarter. Two Cows also reported just recently, uh, seven days ago on July 9th, its Ting Mobile subsidiary will be migrating customers from T Mobile's network to the Verizon network. Near term, the company revised its 2019 cash EBITDA guidance lower based on this to $52 million from previously guided at $62 million. This impacted the stock significantly on the day that this was released. Now, Tuco's has historically been a company that for the most part has had consistent growth on both the income statement and in its share price. The growth has been relatively strong, but the valuations at the time uh, before this drop were around 60 plus times earnings, and they'd reached a premium point. Any stumble and the company's shares were vulnerable. The company's weak Q1 started this stumble. Two Cows is now is also investing in a fledgling but unproven fiber division and expects current investments to produce growth next year. The company's domain services division did have a tough comparable quarter in Q1, in in that its Q1 of 2018 marked a one-time sale of around $14 million in some lower margin domain names. So revenues were boosted last year from that sale. So it's a tough comparison. Even with the nearly 50% drop in the share price over the past three months, the company remains with relatively high multiples of 40 plus times earnings and 16 times enterprise value to EBITDA. Management has succeeded in the past and the domain business still kicks off solid cash flow, but the higher valuations, negative near-term guidance, and recent share drop make two cows our dog of the week. So that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty heavy valuation there at 40 times earnings and, and yeah. that's after the drop, as you said. Yes, yes, for sure. And, and you know, enterprise value to EBITDA is still relatively high, even after an, a an almost fifty percent drop in the share price. It is kind of a classic case of a company that was performing well um, and just had reached real premium valuations. And anytime you have a little hiccup, the business has a hiccup. Um, it, you know, it it shaved off those valuations. Um, to the tune of almost 50%, you know, in, in a couple month period. Now, even at these levels, uh, given the fact that it's, you know, you're going to have lower growth in EBITDA this year, it still seems a little bit pricey given that uncertainty. And we'd stay on the sidelines at this point until we saw a turnaround in terms of uh, significant more growth in earnings again. And right now, it's just two cows of the company that we have liked in the past, but we're just monitoring right now. It traded at two high valuations. And you can see when you have those high premium valuations, any hiccup, you get punished in the market.
Absolutely. Okay, well, that's going to wrap up our show for this week. I'd like to encourage all our listeners to keep their questions coming in for our Your Stock, Our Take segment, and we'll endeavor to get to those. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, Brennan and Aaron, for hosting with you this week, and I'd like to wish our clients and all other listeners out there profitable investing. Profitable investing. 